finding truth in a world full of lies. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Last night I woke up several times thinking about the programs that are going to be done this coming week. And as I went to bed, I'm kind of praying about what should I be thinking about? What should should I be doing? What should I be saying? I've got some guests lined up for this week. I'll be interviewing them shortly. And I thought I had it all figured out for each day of the week. But I realized there's going to be a little bit of a change in, in what I thought about doing as I've really had this strange night last night. And we are talking literally, you know, Sunday into Monday morning as I produce this program on Monday morning for Monday afternoon and evening on radio and as a podcast. If I seem a little bit disjointed, it's because I'm really having to think a lot of issues out. And what we're going to be doing as we get into next month with this with this program. Now, what I mean by that is what direction is God going to lead truth to ponder? This week, I want to deal with probably Tuesday, maybe another couple of days this week. Some of the issues we've talked about at length uh, over the past couple of months. Some of the numbers having to do with the virus and and all that goes with it. Uh, We might even get to, I don't know if we will, things about the politics of our time. I feel that we need to deal with those issues and then put them aside for a while so i want to make sure that we get information out now i use the line as i open the program you know finding truth in a world full of lies if you think putting together a program like truth to ponder is easy it is not i have done a lot of things in in my life in both broadcast in engineering and other aspects the things that even church ministry I've never dealt with anything literally as difficult as putting this program together some days because just when I think I have it all figured out what I need to say something comes up to change what needs to be said we know if you're a Christian That Satan is the father of lies. That's the best way to put it. Satan is the father of lies. And I've come to conclude that uh, Satan likes to put lies out there for many people to be believing to be deceiving. Now, I may get a few of you a little bit upset, and that's all right. You know, just kind of bear with me here. I really believe how many, some of you followed, not all, a lot of you were pretty smart and picked up on it early. There was a whole cult following of a guy called Q, remember that? Not that long ago. Q Anonymous, Q Anon. And this guy was supposed to be some inside deep state participant operative that knew all the plans. And there would be what they call these dumps, these drops of information that was all kind of encrypted. It's coming. Soon, things will be fine. 
things are happening you cannot see. I mean, it just went on and on. And people people just grabbed onto it, lapped it up like a like a little putty cat laps up milk. They just they couldn't get enough of it. And I remember people sharing with me way back, you know, even a year ago. Hey, you got to check out Q Anonymous. And I, I looked and I'm reading. It's fascinating reading. But something, something deep inside said, don't buy into it. You know, it's fun to look at, but don't, don't buy into it. So I didn't. And as time would go by, it's like any day now, it's all going to drop. Any day, any day, any day. And so many people were so focused on the Q drops, they, they didn't pay attention to the things that were actually happening right in front of their very eyes. Once again, finding truth in a world full of lies. And it turned out that pretty much everything we were being told by so-called Q was fiction. And a lot of people woke up extremely disappointed on November the 4th, even more so disappointed as we got to the end of December, and then their hearts just sank on the 20th of January. I I can't tell you what's going to happen in the future. I can tell you what I believe, what I think, my guess, my best guess, my instincts, my, I've told you, and I, I believe this firmly, that when people... You know, the Bible says for a good reason, abstain from even the appearance of evil. We spend a lot of time in Georgia. We vote in Florida because that's where we primarily live. But I've been around Georgia for so many years, since the 1970s. I kind of know the politics and the people. And the things that I saw in the state of Georgia, the reactions, the anger, and just the vitriol of the Secretary of State, Brad Rassenberger just is troubling. The trying to hide evidence, you don't dare look at what we've got. Attitude. And being told everything is fine, then you see evidence it isn't. But it really is fine. I've come to conclude that Rassenberger is hiding something. I don't know what it is, but when you... The old saying, when when there's smoke, there's fire. And it fits this guy. There's something inherently wrong with the election in Georgia. Rules were broken. Laws were violated. Agreements that are illegal were made. And so if you're telling me, Mr. Rassenberger, I'm supposed to trust the results you have for the state of Georgia, I think you're a fool. I think you're a liar. And I think you don't deserve to be the secretary of state in the state of Georgia, period. Because you've proven you're hiding something over and over again. Now, if you aren't, then come clean. Why do they fight so hard in Fulton County? You cannot see the ballots. You cannot check the signatures. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot. We're going to burn them. We're going to get rid of them. We don't want you to see them. Well, that to me is the appearance of all evil, Mr. Rassenberger. And you seem fine with it. I'm sure of the shoe is on the other foot, and it was your election, you might have a different opinion. But you were a never Trumper to begin with, so we, we understand. 
putting that aside. Finding truth in a world full of lies. Jesus warns in no uncertain terms that even the very elect can be deceived if they're not careful. And, and you know, it's like, how do you put this, how do you explain that? How can the, the very ones that really know their Lord Jesus Christ, how can they be deceived? And it's easy. They don't spend enough time in God's word. They don't spend enough time around God's people. And they live in the fear of this life more than they live for the life yet to come. And, and it comes down to, in my opinion, they're still too much a part of this world. Let me see if I can make that a little bit clear. They are too much a part of this world. They don't recognize that they're just in this world. I know we have to function in this world. I get it. We have to put gas in our cars and electricity for our homes, food on the table. I get all those things. We have to have a job. I get it. I worked literally. I was never unemployed my entire life. I think if I I was unemployed, I could count it on one hand, literally, the number of days I was, quote, unemployed because, you know, because I couldn't get a job since 1970. That's a long time. Finding truth in a world full of lies. I try to sort through things the best that I can. Now, I was sharing with my wife this morning before I came into the studio to record this program, and I'm still trying to sort out what God laid on my heart last night, and I'm trying to share it with you so it it makes sense, what I'm trying to explain for this week of programs and and how we'll wind up the week the at least the way it looks right now and and what i really believe we're going to move into starting next week the beginning of a new month the month of march i'm realizing that basically today you know it's off by a day but it was a year ago today that i ended up beginning my my work in emergency management for a large county in a different state, not one that I've ever lived in, to deal with the pandemic. And when I first got in that car to make that long drive with overnight stays, I didn't know what to expect when we left. I mean, I, I got to, literally in that weekend, things were changing as I was driving up. It was it's going to head to the place we have here in Georgia to get my gear together. A matter of fact, the the same com- equipment I'm using to record this program, I had to load into the car to set up in a hotel room because I was going to be doing, well, at that time, my weekend radio show, but also materials and videos for the place that I was working. These things had to be done. And, and so... I can remember the first time I realized that you couldn't go into the dining room of a McDonald's or a Burger King or any fast food place, that it was, you know, drive-up window only. And nobody really knows what they're doing. This is early on. Remember, this is a year ago. This is a year ago, like right about now, that I'm making the journey and getting things ready to be in this other state. 
even checking into a hotel was rather strange really strange everybody were afraid you know we don't know there's so much of the unknown that was going on and there was from the very beginning a tremendous amount of misinformation regarding this virus information was coming out i was already beginning to see because of my work these incredible numbers that were just just over the top how many millions are going to die between now and june good grief and, and where I'm going is going to be how many thousands are going to die by June, May, somewhere in there? Exact date wasn't certain, but, you know, kind of by the summer kind of attitude, which could be May, June, and maybe even July 1st. Who knows? But you follow what I'm, what I'm trying to tell you. We didn't know. Churches began to shut down. We're all hanging on every word from the newly formed coronavirus task force. And we'll be talking about that, I'm sure, this week when I have a guest on that we're going to get into that more. But I want you to think of how many things we were told that were never true. Finding truth in a world full of lies. Part of the problem is some of the lies are, are there to deceive you completely and some of the lies that are out there are meant to embarrass you completely what do you mean by that well some lies are intentional for you to believe the lie and accept it as truth and they want the masses they want everybody to accept certain lies as truth am I getting through here in other words there are lies out there you know, any despot government, whether it be the Soviet Union, whether it be Nazi Germany, whether it be whatever, doesn't matter, wants the people to believe certain lies as fact. And those are well established in the society. And you, you don't challenge those facts, even if they are out and out lies. You can't challenge them. If you do, you'll pay a price. Then there are some lies that are put out there. And and this, this goes into an area sometimes most people don't think, but I, I've watched enough documentaries over the years, and, and it really makes sense now. A lot of things that we, we take for granted and don't think could happen, quote, in our world, but they do. During the Second World War, good example, Oftentimes, misinformation was put out. Misinformation was put out. To see, give you an example. In World War II, the Germans had developed what's called the Enigma machine, which is an incredible code device that all the experts could not break that code. As hard as they tried, they couldn't figure out what is the secret for this code because it the problem was it wasn't consistent they had no way to figure it out until till one day before it sunk a u-boat boarded by allied forces as they took the germans prisoners before the boat sunk they found this box that seemed to be kind of strange and they took it with them 
turned out to be an Enigma machine on a U-boat. And after they studied it, they broke the code. And now certain transmissions that were going out in code on this Enigma machine, you know, they, they were able to break it. And to make sure that they actually had it correct and also to figure out what the Germans knew and how they were spying to get an idea, they would occasionally put out some, shall we say, false information that was supposed to be true information, then monitor to see if the Germans picked up on it, and it goes out in code back to Berlin. And that that helped them to determine where the leaks were and where they weren't. And so with that information, they knew how to provide misinformation to the German high command. Pretty clever. I'm certain that that tactic has been used thousands of times in warfare and and other spy games around the world. But that's just a good example. To make use of misinformation to confuse your enemy. And sometimes that enemy to the world is us, the believer. And I'm afraid. I am deathly afraid of how many times misinformation is put out to sources that you and I depend upon that ends up not being true. And the end result is it it basically destroys your credibility and mine when we put out things that we know are not true. A lot of the stuff we share on Truth to Ponder from time to time is going to be speculation. It's going to be guesswork. It's going to be trying to tie information together because here's what we do know. When it comes to anything to do with the virus, for example, CNN's track record, MSNBC's track record is less than 50% accurate. Let's be honest. They they bought a political line, and they're going to shove that line down your throat and tell you you're an idiot and not following the science if you don't believe they're ever-changing science. And the plan of the day. So we start out knowing that NBC, MSNBC, ABC, CBS are so politically in the tank that they... They will disguise the news, they will disguise falsehoods as fact and make it the top of the news, even though some of their people may know it's a lie. Good example, really simple one, real quick one. If you go back to April of last year, I can, be, I can remember being, you know, working. I was working actually one evening out of my hotel office. I got... You know, the way I set up things, I was back about 5.30 and I had some stuff to get done and I'm watching the coronavirus briefing. And President Trump happens to mention that many scientists and many doctors around the world, this is nothing he invented, okay? He didn't just come up with this on his own. Oh, I went to Google, look what I found. No, that was not it. And I talked to some other people right after to double check, but he started talking about a malaria drug that that seemed to be wonderful in lowering and reducing the symptoms of coming down with a real case of COVID-19. 
And what was that drug? Hydroxychloroquine. Others had talked about it. And the president talked about it. And immediately, the narrative on the television was anti-hydroxychloroquine. If you believed in hydroxychloroquine to be used against the coronavirus, you're a quack. You are dangerous. I mean, we were dangerous to even believe such things. How can you believe and not follow the science? You know, that word science has been so abused it needs to sue whoever is using it at times. Hydroxychloroquine, bad. Ivermectin, bad. Zinc doesn't do anything. You don't need vitamin D. Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, is saying, you know, is literally saying that if you follow that recipe, Trump is trying to kill you. That's what she's saying. The woman's certifiably insane, or she's given her heart to Satan one. Take your choice. I'm just being, I'm telling you. And so people died, I think, needlessly. People defying the best recommendations of some of Trump's task force ended up killing people like like St. Andrew the Pious of New York. How many people died because of that man's utter incompetence and hatred of Trump? People died because of politics and a politician's hatred of one man. And he won't even take responsibility. He blames everybody but himself. St. Andrew Pius, you know, Andrew Cuomo the Pious. St. Andrew Cuomo the Killer. Sorry. He was so into the lie to destroy one man that he didn't care how many people in his own state. And now outside of New Jersey's, you know, it's it's not a fair comparison to say, well, this state had more people die than the other state. Well, some states have only got less than a million people. Some have got, you know, 30 and 40 million. It's better to have a, get a little bit more fair. Try to have, you know, how many per 100,000 or how many per thousand or something along that line. That's a, a better assessment. And even then, it's not fully accurate because some areas are more rural and some are more, you know, urban. I get it. But if you if you compare a state like Florida to New York, both Florida and New York have got urban areas. Most of Florida, where the population lives, most of Florida's population lives in the densely populated areas, like the Miamis, the Fort Lauderdales, the Orlandos, the Tampas, the Jacksonvilles. Palm Beaches. There's not that many people in the middle of the state. Trust me, I've been there. I go there a lot. New York is the same way. It's heavily populated in metropolitan New York, Long Island, Westchester County, and other places nearby. But until you get to like Rochester, New York, or Syracuse, or even Albany, there's not a whole lot there. So in some ways, New York could be compared to a Florida because, well, the Florida population is bigger than New York, yet vastly less numbers of people died and vastly, way vastly less per per 100,000 or 1,000 died in Florida. 
and everybody criticized Florida's response. Yet, all things considered, they did rather well. Finding truth in a world full of lies. It's not easy for me to do. And I know that from time to time, I will probably make a mistake or two in a genuine effort. In a genuine effort to be accurate, I may make a mistake or two. And when it's clear that I have, I will tell you that I've made a mistake. There are a lot of things about, we'll talk about this week, and I'm sure that we will give you some people's opinions that may or may not be 100% correct. Yeah, we don't know. But I got a feeling, and I really, this morning I got up, as I told you, I had this weird, strange dream last night. And I don't know if it was just me or maybe the Lord prompting. I'm not going to, I'm one of those that is extremely hesitant to say that God told me in a dream. I'm, I'm, I'm just overly cautious, and, and I hope for good reason, and I hope you understand why. If you know me well enough, you know that one of the things that just, just, I, I guess the word anger is going to have to to fit it for the moment. I get angry. I get very angry at fakes and frauds in the kingdom of God. I mean, willful, intentional fakes and frauds. Those that or like Simeon, you know, Simon the magician. Remember, maybe if you maybe you forgot in the book of Acts, Simon the magician watched all the things the apostles could do. The miracles wrought at their hands. And Simon goes up and says, Hey, how much would it cost for me to learn your secrets so I too could have the power you have, the magic that you have in your hands? And the apostles looked at him and said, (laughs) they said a lot of things, but essentially, it ain't for sale. You're not getting it. Your money can't buy it. Simeism are those that want to use the power of the gospel for personal profit. That's what Simon the magician wanted to do. He wanted to have this power of the apostles, the ability to do the things that they did, and he wanted to use that for his, shall we say, business and become wealthy. And a lot of them do. Now, there are some that do well financially. I'm not going to, I don't, that doesn't upset me, but it's the ones that are wealthy to an obscene level that, that disturb me a little bit. You know, I somebody got a kick when I shared a little audio clip, I think it was last week, about Reverend Ike. It was last Monday or Tuesday. Good old Reverend Ike, you know, don't wait for the sweet by and by to get your piece of the pie. Have it here and the here and now. And all you had to do is give money and prosper his ministry and God would somehow prosper you is the theory. And we've heard all about that word of faith, seed of faith, all the stuff that goes with it. You know, Robert Tilton, remember him? You know, he he's the guy that talked about praying over all those wonderful envelopes that came in with your prayer request, and then you found out that they all went to his banking room and all the prayer requests got thrown into a dumpster, and they just simply cashed the check. 
He didn't pray over anything. And he would say, the Lord told me this, the Lord told me that, a word of knowledge. You know, God is saying that you're, you're some lady in Peoria, Illinois, has got $1,000 in her savings account. Send that to me and God will prosper you kind of nonsense. I can remember watching him a little bit on television and he gave me the creeps the, the two or three times that I saw it all. I probably saw him more than that over maybe five years. But every time I would put him on, oh, I felt like I had to take a shower after, after it went off. You knew there was some evil going on with that man. You knew he was deceiving and lying. Everything he said was just designed to to suck you in and take advantage of you. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about in the next half hour. I'm going to kind of finish up these thoughts and get into what God is really laying on my heart. And like I say, during this week, we're going to really get into some of these issues. We're going to do the best that we can to give you both accurate information and, you know, reasonable opinion. And and believe me, we know the news is going to be only 50% at best correct on a good day. And even when I find sources that I find to be 75 or 80% correct, that means there's still going to be the potential of something being wrong. And and as I was saying before about the German Enigma situation, and, and maybe this will kind of tie it together. There are those that are the enemy of the faith, those that hate Christianity, those that hate conservatives. They will spread misinformation, get it to the sources you and I might be looking at in order to make us look foolish. And sometimes we end up getting, shall we say, fooled. And I'm going to try to make sure that doesn't happen. I'm willing to express ideas in this program, even some that I may not fully agree with from time to time. Let you do your research and pray it through. Somehow, some way, we're going to get to the truth on this program because that's the whole reason to have a program with a name like uh, Truth to Ponder. I want to take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to pick up on some other things that are disturbing to me. Look, there's a lot we need to do in preparing for the time we are now entering. And I don't want to dwell too much on information per se. I want to begin to dwell more on solutions. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Fear of the boogeyman. Shalom Lechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. And when I was a kid, I remember always hearing about the boogeyman. Watch out for the boogeyman. Behave yourself or the boogeyman will get you. Watch out at night when you go to bed because that's when the boogeyman comes out. So I grew up in fear of the boogeyman. I was always afraid that the boogeyman was going to come and get me. I didn't even know what the getting me involved, but I knew I didn't want to be gotten, not by this guy anyway. For that matter, I didn't even know who or what the boogeyman was and why he wanted to get me in the first place, but I was still afraid of him. Now, I grew up, and years later, I find out what a boogeyman is. A boogeyman is a man who boogies, a man who does the boogie. It's basically a man who does a funny dance, and so I'm thinking, that's what I was afraid of all those years, a man who does the boogie? 
All that time in fear of the boogeyman? And for what? For nothing. And so in the Lord, it's the same way. If you're born again, if you've been saved, if you're in with God, then any fear, any worry, any anxiety you have about anything in this world is just the fear of the boogeyman. The Bible says, if God is for us, who can be against us? In other words, whatever it is you're afraid of, it's just the fear of the boogeyman. The Bible says, perfect love casts out all fear. In other words, whatever it is you're anxious about, it's just the fear of the boogeyman. In the end, you're going to say, what was I afraid of anyway? God was on my side. Why did I waste all that time worrying? Stop worrying, my friend. Fear not. Because all you fear in this world in the end is just some guy doing the boogie. Want more? Ask for Children of Wrath on CD. Now the free gift for you. The mystery hidden for 2,000 years in the sands of Israel better than Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it's real. The mystery of the temple doors on CD. You'll love it. And Sapphire is your daily spiritual vitamin supply for a victorious life in God. So how do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. It's all you do. And you'll be so blessed. Dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll love it, but call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now I invite you to minister with me and bring the good news back to the people who gave it to you, Israel and the unreached peoples of every tribe and tongue on five continents. You'll be blessed. Just call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's the nice Jewish boy, it's box 1111, it's Lodi, L-O-D-I, it's New Jersey, and it's zip 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah Ravinu, our teacher. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to the Monday edition of the program, Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Last night, as I mentioned at the first half of the program, if you already listen or if you're just tuning in, had a very strange sleepless night and trying to think what I need to be doing on the program today. And I've shared some thoughts that it's, you know, it's difficult to find truth in a world full of lies. And that's kind of the theme for today's program. It's going to be the theme for a good part of this week, especially into into Friday. Friday, I want to switch gears entirely and give you as much hope as I can. I think next week, when we begin the 1st of March, I want to change direction a little bit and call it a time of preparation instead of a time of information. There are things we need to start doing. And I want to make a few things very clear on today's program, kind of as a precursor of what I'm going to be talking about. So there's no misunderstandings. Trying to find truth is not easy in this day and age. Now, there are a lot of you that spend time and you'll send me emails and you'll send me regular mail. And I appreciate so much of what you're sharing with me. A lot of you are giving me a tremendous amount of good information that I'm trying to research and and find out. As I said, I don't want to be caught willfully passing on information that I know is not true. As I said, you know, you you look at CNN and MSNBC, any of those people, you're looking at a 50% at best truth rate, especially when it comes to things like politics, where it's probably more like a 10% or 20% truth rate on the virus at best, maybe 
maybe 50% or less. We watched how, how often the, the narrative has changed. You remember when hydroxychloroquine bad, kill you, to now all of a sudden it's, it's accepted practice and it's good. All that for politics. How many people died because of politics and this virus? And how many people really died simply of the virus? We'll talk about that a little bit this week. I'm not going to get into that now. I've planned some some guests and some topics. And I, I kind of want to wind a few things down for just a little while and move on to some things that I think are equally, if not more, important. But I want to thank those that, that take the time to send an email, and I get a lot of them, and those that have written regular letters, U.S. mail, and the many of you that support this ministry to keep it on the air. I'm going to just be very quick. I don't want to be ever perceived as Bob's on the radio begging for money again. I don't want you to think that about me. I just want to do what St. Paul said. Let the need be made known and let's move on. For the most part, everything is covered for the month of March. Just a little bit to go and I think all the stations that we currently have are covered. Any excess will be used to get additional airtime elsewhere. And so I want to thank those of you that support and anything you do, we're going to bank it up like we did all this month of, of February to be ready for the month of March. And now we're going to use the month of March to be ready to pay in advance you know, for the month of April. So I want to thank you for those that have been wonderful to help this program. Enough said. Quickly, the address, if you want to mail a check, it's just Ancient Word Radio. And the address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K. S-H-I-R-E, Berkshire Lane, number 263. That's our P.O. box. It's very secure. Number 263 in Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. Enough said about that. I'll give the address quickly at the end of the program. Getting back to what's important. Truth. We try to weed through all this stuff with viruses. We try to weed through all this stuff with vaccines. We try to weed through all this stuff that people talk about. And like I say, you can't trust the mainstream news media because they're propaganda. And you can't trust the education system. They become worldly and woke indoctrination. Your kids are being fed concepts in total contradiction to God's word. And many parents and grandparents don't quite get it. Or they'll say, look, I get this one. Well, that may be true there, but it's not true here. Are you certain about that? Do you know what kind of videos those your kids are watching on a phone? Do you know what kind of games they're playing? Do you know, do you know what kind of peers they have nowadays online? One of the drawbacks... One of the dangers of this pandemic and the lockdowns is we ceased being normal social beings. You know, we're wearing our little face papers and and now they want you to wear two or three or whatever. You know, that's the new thing. We gotta wear three masks. We gotta all take our shots that don't make us, you know, we're we're still infectious. I mean, we'll, once again, we're gonna get into that a bit this week. What I want you to do is be prepared. There have been a lot of ministries out there over the years, and a lot of people respect them, some that go back, oh, 50, 100 years, and, and some that are more current. I think a number of 
the end time ministry people that I've met, not all, but a number, I think they're genuinely well-meaning people. They really are. Not all. I mean, I've met some that I just don't trust. I really don't trust. And and I, I say that not because I think that they are inspired by evil, but I think they're inspired by ego in, in many cases. And, you know, that, that that can be just as dangerous. Ego can be just as dangerous as, as evil and heresy and all that goes with it. Jesus, he had spent some time with his disciples. If you read Matthew chapter 23, you know, he's pretty well laying it into the scribes, the Pharisees, and and what they have done. And then Jesus leaves the temple. We pick up on chapter 24, and, and so many of you are, are familiar with Matthew chapter 24. And, and I want to share just a few little bits and pieces and verses from the Scripture from Matthew, just so you have an understanding. And, and also understand that one of the greatest, I think, heresies of our age or dangers in the, the Americanized church is we have this completely warped concept of what Christianity, church, and our relationship to Jesus Christ truly is. It's, the, it's a greater danger than a virus and, or a greater danger than our politics. It, it's far beyond any of it. The Bible does talk about a time of a great tribulation that is coming before the end. I get it. You know it. Jesus is coming again. I'm not going to get into the mechanics. It's not what I'm here to do today. But there's this misunderstanding in the American church that we have good times. It's easy, and that's what Christianity is supposed to be. It's easy. I can go to church when I want, and I will go to heaven when I die, and I can do as I please, and I can live the way I want. We, we have this false sense of no responsibility, no accountability, and no trial or tribulation Christianity, which is not biblical. America, as we have known it the past, oh, I don't know, my lifetime anyway, is an anomaly in history. What we see happening in the United States has never happened anywhere in the world before now. This is this is totally new territory. That's where some of these doctrines can become damnable heresies if you're not careful. Or it makes the church ineffective, inefficient, and not as close to God. And their, and their Lord Jesus Christ and depending upon their Holy Spirit, on the Holy Spirit as they should. Because we've got it all figured out in our homes, our cars, our buildings, our sound systems, our light shows, our parking lots. Yeah, the pandemic kind of put a crunch on some of that, didn't it? I mean, up until that and, and how many things that, oh, all we need now is, you know, we'll all get the vaccine and we'll be back just the way it was before last year, the beginning of last year. Honey child, as they would say in the South, it ain't ever coming back the way it was. Get used to that as a fact. We'll be addressing that with some of the guests this week. It's not coming back to the way it was. Sorry, we're, we're entering a new time. The church has always been under persecution. 
We've always been in this world and of this, you know, we are not of this world. We're just in it. We have to function in it, but we're really not of it. We're, we're passing through, as some people would say. But too many, too many Christians are so deeply tied into the world, they're not, they are, they're, they're basically in the church, but not of the church because they're too much in, they're too much of the world. Then you have too many of these complete, utter fakes and frauds that are trying to, you know, they all start out. Yeah, a lot of them have been around a while. I mean, they, this this goes back uh, to the days of of Simon the magician trying to buy the power from the Holy, you know, the Holy Spirit power from the disciples so he could, you know, improve his magic act and deceive many and get their money. That's where the term simiism comes from. You know, Simon the Magician, hey, how much does it cost to get that miracle power you guys got? Think of how well I can do with that if I, if I own that. Well, though, that power of the Holy Spirit is not for sale. I think the American Good Time Church is going to be in for a very rude awakening one of these days. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24, and then I'm going to share my my. my my feelings. Like I say, the American church has had it easy. There's been no cost for being a Christian. The world didn't hate you until recent days, and the school system didn't hate you. Now they do. It's coming out. The woke world hates Christianity. They, they, they despise it with a passion. We were the anomaly in this world that we were not being persecuted like others have. Many get martyred for their faith every day. North Korea, you want to be a, you want to open a church in North Korea, good luck. You, you'll probably end up dead. Listen to a Christian radio broadcast in North Korea, you might go to a prison. Same is true in parts of China, where much of where much of our merchandise comes from. So like I say, Jesus has just finished his dissertation with the scribes, the elders, and the Pharisees of the temple. And then he and his disciples leave, and they're gone, and they're out. They, they've left, and, and Jesus gets them to all sit down, and he goes, and I'm going to use the King James Version, even though I'd rather be using a different one so it's a little clearer, but I'm going to use King James for now. This is easy enough. See ye not these things? Verily I say to you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Jesus is predicting the destruction of Jerusalem. In, in a generation or less. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Now, what Jesus is about to do is share not just one event, but several. It says, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye not be not troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilence, earthquakes, and divers places. All those are the beginning of sorrows. And then he talks to his disciples and to the church today. This is one of these things that is a consistent, except for the anomaly that is the United States, they shall deliver you to be to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Now tell me, if you would be so kind, 
tell me how you think that your version of Christianity is, I go to my church, I have a wonderful time at my church, I go to my job, and in the sweet by and by when I die, I just go to heaven and life is gonna be easy and nobody's gonna question anything because of my faith, because this is America, don't you know? We have been the anomaly. God has given us such a level of grace and we have trashed it. We have abused the gift that God has given us. It is so sad. We in America should be the most prepared of any people for the things that could happen in this world because we should have been a people of faith, but we're not. Every year, the number of people that claim to be believers is dropping. The number of people that attend any kind of a worship service, you know, this is before the pandemic, has been dropping like a rock steadily in England. You're down to just a handful of people. And you wonder why they're so afraid of a virus because they have no faith. They have nothing to fall back on. Nothing. Except the vaccine and, and those in leadership because they've abandoned their faith. They're, they're, they're running on the wisdom of men. See, persecution is a part of the Christian life. Look at the first hundreds of years of the Christian faith. How many of the of the apostles retired and lived out a nice, you know, life by the Sea of Galilee or something. You know, they didn't. St. Paul died by having his head cut off in a prison. They all died for their, for their faith. And somehow we think we're exempt and we don't have to pay these kind of prices. And if we do, we're ready to run. Maybe that's part of the judgment that God is placing on America. One of the things I cannot tell you and I will not tell you because I don't know is this the great tribulation? I cannot tell you and I would be doubtful if anybody else can either because nobody knows the day or the hour and every time you start getting into this process you always end up date setting and when you end up date setting you're wrong. You always will be wrong. What I do know is what history has taught us and what history has also taught us not to do. And I know I'll be talking about that later this week, but I'm going to share just a few thoughts. You, From time to time, you will hear me talk about community. We as Christians must build community. Now, I'm not talking about building communes. I'm not talking about building common dining halls and, and selling all your goods and moving to some piece of dirt in the desert or the mountains. I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm very leery of those that set up their, you know, communes because every one of them seems to be very troubled. <laughs> and for, I'm telling you, it's not the biblical model because it seems that every time you get somebody out there that says, I know it all, come to my place, they don't know what they're talking about. They're deceiving many because they act like they have an inside knowledge. I've got it figured out. Move here, sell everything, 
Give everything you own to me, and I will care for you. And we shall sit here in this camp, and we'll wait for Jesus to come. Because I know he's coming in my lifetime. Run, brother and sister, run. When I talk community, it may be some people that decide, you know something, we're going to get out of these cities. We're going to go find a piece of land. We're going to have our homes. We're going to be near each other. But you, but it's not like you have some leader that you're worshiping and listening to every word. You're just doing what the Christians did in the days of the catacombs. Many lived in their own homes, but they gathered from place to place. And God sent them those to preach and teach. That's the biblical model. It's the one we need to return to. I'm telling you, we're going to talk about what Christian community is and how to get deeper into God's Word. Somebody wrote me a letter, and, I, and, and it really, it really, shall I say, it, it cut me to the chase that I need to spend a little bit more time, not every program, but at least once a week or so, getting into God's Word and, and teaching you, look, I was a pastor for years. I should be able to do this. But it's so easy to get caught up in the things of the virus and the world and everything else, you lose sight of those things you need to be sharing. Being a Christian is no guarantee that things are going to be easy. We're coming into times, there's no doubt in my mind, we are coming into times of great tribulation. Getting back to what I'm sharing from from God's Word here. These are the beginning of sorrows when we see all these things. Jesus warns his disciples it's not something for just then or somewhere way in the future. There's a consistency to a pattern. They'll deliver you up to be afflicted. They'll kill you. You'll be hated for the nations for my name's sake. And then shall be many offended and and shall betray one another, and they shall hate one another. Many false prophets shall rise, and they shall deceive many. This is not at the very end. This is a cross all this time. And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. And we're not talking to the end of time. This is a process that we all go through. I think we miss this. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. This process of being hated is consistent during all the time you're preaching this gospel. This idea that that persecution and and difficult times is a a one-time event way in the future is where the church gets off the rails. And it's so easy then to be deceived if you're thinking, well, you know, it's somewhere down the road. And even if it does come, we, we've been told that don't we get a get out of, uh, you know, tribulation card and we, we get to leave this world and, and we just pick up into the air and our clothes are laying on the ground and our cars are no longer manned. And, you know, this whole idea of the rapture, don't bet on it. The church has been under persecution since the day, the days that Jesus walked the face of the earth, since the apostles went out there to share this message after the Great Commission. St. Paul, all of them have faced these times. It didn't just end somewhere along the way, and here in America, 
We have it super easy. There's a lot to read in Matthew 24. I don't have time to get into it all today. Let me tell you, there'll be time of tribulation, and then there are going to be times of great tribulation. Right now, at minimum, as I've said before, we are coming into a time of at least tribulation. And many of us are going to find it, you know, the social credit score thing. We'll be talking about that later this week. You've heard of that term social credit score? It's already being done in China. As more of your data is harvested, and that's really the danger of 5G. It's not that it's going to be a, a something to control your mind. It's just the speed of data and how much you're allowing to be mined and don't even know it. They'll know your buying habits. They'll know everything. They'll know that you're a Christian, too, and they're not going to like you for that. And that's going to lower your social credit score. Listen, certain banks do not want to deal with Christians and conservatives anymore. They're going to call you hate speech. Don't be surprised if you have a Bank of America account. And one of these days, they say, we don't want you because, you know, you support Christian causes. You're vermin to us. Or banks even like, you know, I can think of others, but the Bank of America, trust me, they'll be one of the first in line. Some banks have already canceled, you know, President Trump's accounts because they don't like him. Well, don't think you're exempt. Coming into a time, look at the times and the seasons. At minimum, we're coming into a time of deep tribulation. And it's going to be rough for those that are true to God. And and many are going to fall away. No doubt in my mind about it. They're going to willfully walk away from the faith, assuming they were ever in it. That's why we're going to have to develop a way of communicating with each other, keeping in touch with each other, and working with each other to get us through as the church has done over the centuries. This is not a first time. It's a new event for us. Persecuted Christians have been doing this for thousands of years. And then again, maybe this is the Great Tribulation, and and the Son of Man will appear in the heavens, and it's all over as we're called home with the sound of that trumpet. If you believe in the work we're trying to do here, let me know. Go to the website. You can support us there if you'd like. You don't have to. And if God moves you to help us with any of the expenses for airtime only, that's what it is. You can make a check out to Ancient Word Radio, and you can mail it to 21 Berkshire Lane, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane. We have a secure P.O. Box number 263 in Sky Valley, Georgia, Sky Valley, two words, Georgia, 30537. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.